to receive weekly mailings of Rabbi Mansour's tapes or to sponsor a tape, call 718-375-1023. To hear Rabbi Mansour's daily halakha or to search the Rabbi's database of halachot, visit www.dailyhalakha.com. That's D-A-I-L-Y-H-A-L-A-C-H-A dot com. And now, Rav Mansour. Welcome to another edition of our Wednesday night class. Tonight we are studying Parashat Vayetze Yaakob. Be'azrat Hashem, my focus tonight is really to explain one episode that I don't know how many of you are aware of that took place between Yaakov and Rachel on the day that they actually met at the well. We are also told in the Pedashah, besides that meeting, which we will go into, about Lavan pulling the famous switcheroo on Yaakov Abinu, changing wives on him at the last minute, which is also a major part of the Pedashah. But in general, the Pedashah devotes a lot of time to Lavan and his chicanery, to Lavan and his tricks, to Lavan and his schemes, to the extent Lavan is called in the Midrash, Avi Haramaut, you know, the father of tricks. He is uh, the craftiest man that ever lives. He wrote the book on, on cheating, on conniving, and there are very interesting examples that the Torah tells us where Lavan's Ramaut manifests itself. So I'd like to begin from there, from the beginning, discussing Lavan and working our way through the Perasha to the wedding, till after the wedding, until post them having children. Lavan gets called Lavan Arami simply because he was Lavan from Aram. That's, that's where he was born, that's where he was raised, that's where he came from. He was an Arami. But Achamim tell us he was an Arami is the same letters as the word Ramai. He was a crook. Lavan the crook. But they say his mentality was not like a regular cheater or a liar. Usually a cheater is cheating others. He knows he's cheating others. He does it consciously. He might be embarrassed even when he's doing it, but he does it for whatever reason, maybe to make a living or for whatever purpose. After he does it, he tries to avoid the person that he cheats so he doesn't get caught. And if he gets confronted, it's disastrous. 
When the cheetah gets caught, he starts to you know stutter and trip on his own tongue, and he turns all colors, and he has to make all sorts of excuses. You know, I didn't know. I tried. I thought that Lavan is not like that. Lavan is the father of tricks. He is the the one that wrote the book on this. Hachamim explained his greatness. I say greatness. It's his weakness. Before he tricks others. He tricks himself. Lavana Arami, the one that self-deceives. He deceives himself into believing what he's doing. He justifies it, he qualifies it. And after that, he goes out and does his uh, tricks with without compunction, without any guilt. Because he fooled himself into thinking what he's doing is legal. It's an amazing, uh, it's an amazing level. After he does it, if he's confronted, I didn't do anything wrong. On the contrary, he puts the guy that was tricked on the defensive. <laughs> it's your problem. What are you talking about? I'm the sadiq. You're the rasha. But the scary thing is, he believes it. He's not just putting on a front. That's how uh, warped Lavan is in his mind. Classic example the midrash brings and. I'll read it to you inside. Pay attention to this midrash closely because it's going to affect a lot of the things we're going to say tonight. That's why I chose it. Lavan makes a wedding in this perashah. He makes a wedding for Yaakov and supposedly it was supposed to be Rachel, but again, like I said, it was switched to Le'ah. So before the wedding, the pasuk writes, He gathers all the people together. He made a town meeting. Since when do you have to make a town meeting before you make a wedding? Was he getting variances? He was getting zoning? Or he wanted to play loud music, so he wanted to get their permission. What exactly is he doing talking to the whole town before this wedding? So the Midrash says, Kines kol mekomo. Amar lahem, he tells them, Yod'im atem shayinu dechukim lemayim. He says, you know, the past years, We've been pressed, there's been a water shortage. There hasn't been enough water supply in this town. The economy's lousy, the economy stinks. If you remember, that's why when Yaakov Abinu comes to the well for the first time, there's a big gigantic rock on the well. And he asks, what's, 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 what's everybody hanging around for? He says, no, we're waiting till enough shepherds come to lift the rock off the well. Because they had to put such a heavy rock on the well because they were conserving water. They were concerned that one shepherd might come and take all the water himself and then everybody else has nothing left. So they needed to protect this scarce commodity. So he reminds them, Rabotai, you know, uh, you know we're having water problems and so on and so forth. You tell them, sure, of course, we're all feeling it. V'chevan sheba sadikazeh but did you notice, fellas, that since Yaakov Abinu moved to town, have you noticed that the well has been overflowing since this man moved to town? You saw the economy is, uh, is recovering. People are making money again. So they tell him, yeah, you're right, but what's, what's your plan? Uh, what are you telling this? Uh, why, what are you telling this us for? Amar Leon, so he says, Atun, if you want, 
I'll fool him and at the wedding I'll give him le'ah instead. What do we gain? He said, what do you want? What's the grain? So he says, no. He really loves Rachel. And I could probably get him to work another seven years for Rachel. And therefore we bought ourselves another seven years of this good luck charm living in our town. And that's another seven years of economy booming. That's another seven years of water overflowing. Says, there's money in this for us, Rabotai. You in? So they say, of course, go for it. Everybody, they take a, uh, you know, a town vote, the school board, the zoning board, whatever you want know, to call these guys. They all vote, aye, aye, yeah, we want, we want. Anybody resist, nobody wants to resist. Keep your covers long, tie them down, lock them to the bed. Men's, uh, men's like I said, a good luck charm. So that's the whole logic behind switching the Afrachel. It's monetary. It'll buy more time. More beracha. So now listen to this here. Are you asking yourself a question? Why does, why does Lavan have to go now take a town meeting for this? So he tells them, well now that you know this private information, how do I know you're not going to go tell Yaakov? How do I know you're not going to let the cat out of the bag? There's only one way. You have to give me collateral. So he started to collect money from each guy collateral. He said, this is, we put an escrow. And, you know, if everybody keeps their word, we'll come back, have another town meeting. I'll give all the money back. That's the last thing in the world to give Lavan money. Not, the guys, used car salesmen, the guys, you know, the worst guy. You don't give him any money. There's no, there's no refunds. So the Midrash writes, not only did he take the money, but what does he do with the money? He says he made the wedding with the money. <laughs> this was his whole plan. Lavan's dead broke. Hey, he's got to make a wedding. Where's he get money from? So he goes and he starts giving these people information that they didn't have to hear in the first place. Now that they heard it, he tells them, oh, hey, now you know information. What tells me that you're not going to repeat it? Oh, yeah, well, yeah, these guys, you know, they're getting bamboozled. Oh, you're right, you're right. Good point, good point. All right, $1,000 each. Collateral, if you don't tell, I give it back. They're running to give him the money. And now it says... After the wedding's over, and after everything's over, and everybody keeps their word, of course, they come back to Lavan for their money, and Lavan, you know, what money? What are you talking about? But, but the joke over here is, Lavan is so smooth. He's so smooth in this trick. He just shook down the whole town. He's dancing with them that night at the wedding. The guy, we just, he just raped the guy. And he's dancing with the guy at the wedding like nothing happened. So how does Lavan work? I want to give you the psychology of Lavan. How does he pull this off? I mean, you're not fooling one person over here. It's a whole entire city over here. You're not scared. You're not scared that it's going to be revealed. In Lavan's mind, he thinks like this. It's the psychology of a criminal. He says to himself, listen, I'm doing them a favor. After all, I'm keeping Lavan here for an extra seven years. My idea. Who's gonna I'm gonna keep Yaakov here for another seven years? Who's benefiting? They're benefiting. 
Who's going to make all this money over here? So, so am, am I deserving a commission? 100%. What, a stockbroker doesn't get a commission? Uh, a salesman, when he makes money for a company, don't they throw him a commission? So here I'm giving that a whole town, a, a commission for brokering the deal I deserve. So when he's taking that money in his mind already, he believes this is not a collateral. He, he calls it a collateral to get it out of their pockets. But when he's taking it, he's saying this is legal payment for services rendered. It's commission money. But Lavan in his mind says, but I'm, a, I'm not only a Sadiq, I'm a Hasid. He says, you know what I'm going to do with this money? I could keep it. I could put this in a mutual fund, let it earn interest for me. I can go buy a yacht with it if I want. But I'm a Sadiq, and I'm going to do I'm going to make a wedding with it. So that mitzvah, I'm going to take hard-earned money and use it for the zikhut. And you know what? Because I'm such a good guy, I'm going to invite all these people to the wedding, and they're going to eat, really, from my money. Look at the generous guy that man is. He stole from them. But in his mind, he's thinking he did the biggest mitzvah and that he inviting them to enjoy his commission money. Meanwhile, whose money are they eating? They're eating their own money. This guy's a crook. This guy over here pulled off, he, he just he heisted a bank over here in, in broad, uh, broad daylight. I got a little of Lavan's ways. Uh, one more example. When, ladies, there must be some uh, chairs, uh, maybe in the back or maybe downstairs. Or in the front, there's some. Speak to one of the ushers to take care of that. Please do not tip the ushers. Okay. We continue. When Yaakov comes to Lavan's house for the first time, so the Pasuk writes, Vayarotz Likrato, Lavan in a seemingly great uh, measure of hospitality runs to greet him. Like we never saw Aknasator, it's like Avram Avinu, it's deja vu. He's running to greet guests. He hugs him. He kisses him. It's a, a tremendous manifestation of love. Hugs and kisses. So the Hachamim tell us again, Lavan, in his mind, yes, look, look, look what a good guy I am. I'm coming to greet people. I'm hugging people. I'm affectionate. But the rabbis tell us, when he saw Yaakov coming, he said, ah, this is from the family of Abraham. So I remember the last guy that came from Abraham's house, Eliezer, he came with bangles, he came with jewelry, he came with money, he came with all sorts of, uh, you know, treasures and so on. So he, when he saw Yaakov walking, he didn't see a guest. He saw a, a, a bullion, you know, gold bullion walking towards him. So therefore he hugs him. What is he doing? He's feeling him. He went through his pockets. Yaakov, I mean, was just pickpocketed by them. That's what they gave us. He hugged them. He's feeling exactly all the, the, the... There's nothing in his pockets. So he says, ah, he probably has the diamonds 
in his mouth. So therefore he starts to hug him and he's squeezing his cheeks. Abus, I love you, Yaakov. He's squeezing him. I love you. He's kissing him. After he felt his own mouth, he has his hand in his mouth feeling him, nothing there. So he invites him in his house and now he has no worth for him. He has no money. He has nothing to do. He's going to sit now with Yaakov. He's a big rabbi. Lavan, Lavan's the, uh, he's a, he's a pit boss. He's going to sit with, they have nothing in common. So this is what he tells him. Nevertheless, this is the words he used. Nevertheless, means even though we have nothing in common because you have no money, and therefore I have no use for you. However, fact be told, we are flesh and blood, and therefore I insist you stay here for at least a month. <laughs> it's very noble. Inviting him to live with him gratis. He doesn't put a uh, a price. There's no charge. Live with me for a month. My pleasure. Yaakov accepts the offer. Comes that she and says, "Lavan's <laughs> wise. Lavan's nothing. Nothing's whatever he says is not what he says. There's always uh, a string attached. What was the string attached to? So that she writes, "Vechen asa, no." Lavan made good in his deal. Yaakov was able to live there for a month. But it wasn't for free, says Rashi. He had to do shepherding for him. Which means, the next day, Yaakov wakes up, and Lavan tells him, okay, so the sheep over there, and here's the barn, and here, we're talking about sheep, what are about sheep over He invited me to the house for a month, now already he's telling him, and they, they get fed at five in the morning, and you gotta walk them over here, he's giving him a whole list of things, so, Lavan says, All right, if I can't get him for money, at least over here have another worker for me, fine, Yaakov Abinu accepts, gets tricked, Somewhere after that, he comes to him and says, Listen, we're all we're family. We're related. We love each other. He says, We're like brothers. We're, we're very close. You're going to work for me for nothing? Uh, so now, Lavan uh, is now switching the whole program. I wasn't supposed to work at all. Now already I'm working thinking that I'm paying for my lodging. Now he comes along and switches the whole deal again and says, no, 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 no. Mamas kurtecha. What, what, what are you going to charge me for this over here? So he wants to pay him. But look, when he decides to pay him for the work, how does he preface it? You're my brother. I love you. We're related. We're family. Uh, by the way, what's, uh, how much do you charge? <laughs> you diluted the whole guy now. What, are you, what, 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 what is he going to say now? <laughs> you have to give the guy a whole uh, speech about how you related from 16 different ways and how much you love him and how much he should love you and everything. Uh, uh, by the way, uh, whatever you want, I'll pay you whatever you want. <laughs> whatever you want, can I, can I ask anything? <laughs> so Laban's deceiving again. Yaakov Abinu says, listen, I came here to get married. You have a daughter, Rachel. I'll work for seven years for Rachel. 
Now, seemingly, Lavan accepts the deal, which is interesting. I'll give you the psychology of a, of a crook again. Maybe Lavan should say, well, if I got him for seven years, I didn't nothing. Seven years, he offered it himself. Maybe I could press, uh, no, ten years. If he wants it that bad that he's willing to commit to work for seven years, you know, Lavan knows how to make a deal also. He could have said, 14 years. 14 years and $50,000. Throw in all the conditions you want. You got a guy who wants something now, huh? How come Lavan... Fine. Because the mentality of the crook is, let me see where this goes. If this is to my advantage... We keep it. If I see after two days that this is the, my disadvantage, don't worry, I'll change it. So therefore, the crook can agree to everything at all times because he's in his mind, he's always thinking, ah, this means nothing to me when he says that. Yeah, seven years, two years, whatever you say, amen, amen, yeah, yes, 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 yes. Because yes. his, his yes is nothing. Because if, if, if he wants to back out of it for another, he'll just he'll figure out a way. I didn't mean it, I didn't say I when Yaakov Abinu is committing for seven years, his commitment is a commitment. I mean, he's going to work that seven years without a doubt. But Lavan can commit to anything because it doesn't mean anything to him. He can always change in his mind. Understand? What happens? This is uh, Lavan's answer to the deal. Vayomer Lavan. Lavan says, of course, I'd rather give her to you than to somebody else. Sit with me, stay. Now you all learned this pasuk, that's the way of Lavan saying, okay, it's a deal, you worked for seven years, and as payment I will give you Rachel. Lavan's a wise guy. Lavan's careful in his language here. He's writing the contract. He says, you know what? I'm going to give her to you. You're not working for Tov titilach. I'm going to have to work for my daughter. I'm going to have to marry you off anyway. You know what? Rahel is a gift. But stay with me. Meaning the work that you're going to work will be payment for the lodging that you stay with me. But Rahel... I said, I'm giving her, it's yours, Matana. And Yaakov Abinu, who thinks he's working for Rahel, but Lavan already is covered. He's a, he's a crook now. Seven years he works. And what does he see in front of his face? Rahel. Seven years for the goal. For the goal. Seven years pass. He worked. No, no days off. Loyally, cold, hot, as he himself testifies at the end of the Pedasha without arguing. And he wants to go. Rahel. The wedding is over. Next morning he sees he was bamboozled. It's Le'ah. So Yaakov Abinu goes to Lavan. Hello, Rahel Avati Imach. Didn't I work? Yaakov goes to him, didn't I work for seven years? For Rachel? Why did you deceive me? 
Now again, if Lavan is not the father of crooks, he should say, "How can I get back to you? I don't know." Start stuttering. You know, you play with the, the cell phone. You know, I'm static. I can't hear you. Can I call you back later? I'm sorry. Bad connection, and you run. You know, you, you, you got confronted. Lavan's genius over here is not only is he not embarrassed, but he's going to flip it that Yaakov's the bad guy. In a second, he, you know, he puts him on the defensive in a second. He says, Lavan, lo What are you talking Don't you know the Minhag? We don't, we don't give the younger girl before the, before the older girl. You expected that the younger girl, the younger sister should get married before the older girl. Don't you have any knowledge of Minhagim? Of customs? This is the, the wise guy, the crook, giving a, a schmooze to the Rosh Hashiva. He just got uh, cheated. They asked to listen to Lavan. I was going to give him a whole thing. I'm in Hagei Yisrael and how we do and how we don't do. And he says to him, To give. I'm giving you a gift. That's. You have the audacity when somebody's giving you a gift, you start coming, I want this way, I want that way. Well, do you have any Akaratatov? Have you no know, have you no know shame, Yaakov? You didn't work for her, the work was for something else. I was giving you some kindness of my heart, giving you my now you're coming home and saying, No, I want this one for Aib. Shame on you. Amazing guy over there. That he could look at Yaakov in the face and have no guilt, no, no. And he used la tête. He said, la tête, la tête, la shomatana. I'm giving it to you. It's nothing. You don't work for her. <laughs> and then, on top of it, this is just to add insult to injury. He says, azot. Wait a week. And after a week is over, you could take Rachel as a second wife. And you'll work for me for another seven years. Now, that you'll have to work for seven years. I'll take seven years for, for Nahail. Now the rabbis learn over there, why do you tell him wait a week? Because the halakha writes that if a person gets married, he has to spend at least a week with Sheva Berachot, with his first wife. And then if he wants, he can take another wife. But the first week, he has to devote, at least one week of his life, he has to devote to his first wife before he goes to the second wife. Who's teaching Yaakov this halakha? Laban! He tells him, uh, uh, maybe you don't know the halakha also. You have, to, you have to wait a week. And, uh, after his now he's giving me halakot of Kiddushin, halakot Sheva Berakot. So, and Lavan walks away. I did nothing wrong. In his mind, it's justified. It was a gift. I told him it was a gift. Even though the Yaakov was not talking gift, they were talking business. I'll work. And then you're going, yeah, I deal. What deal? You, you, your deal, not my deal. It's a, this is, this is the, the, the mentality. But what's shocking here is Yaakov's reaction. How do you react? Rabotai, uh, seven years is, is not a small time to do anything. What are we, 2003, so you're talking, uh, 1996. You remember back to 1996 already, seven years. How many things happened in seven years? to work for seven years and then not get what you want and you, you, you were cheated openly. If the pasuk would say 
that Yaakov went to Lavan and killed them and, and, and strangled them, you say, he's right, you can do that. Guy does that to you after seven years and you have your focus like that. Mitzvah, kill the guy. Look at Yaakov, Yaakov's amazing. This is, this, this is what it's mind by. You see the avot under pressure. He goes to him, he says, Mazot asitali. What a, what a nice, what a nice way to, what is this you did to me? Hello, Rahel avati imach. Didn't I work for Rahel? Lamarimitani. Why did you trick me? <laughs> very calm, very, you know, easygoing, no cursing, Shalom, no threatening him. And then after Lavan starts giving him this whole story, you're good for nothing, I gave her as a gift, how are you to you have no thanks for, you're not a karatatov, you don't know the minhagim, we don't. Then it should say, Yaakov should say, listen, listen buddy, enough games over here. I don't need you to tell me minhagim, I don't need you to teach halachot, that wasn't the deal. If you don't give me Rahel, we're going to be saying Kaddish on you in five minutes, so you better give me Rahel. And you accept that. He accepts it. Yaakov doesn't say anything. This tells me that at this point, after Yaakov marries Le'ah, he says something's going on in Shamayim over here. I don't understand it. I thought I was clear. I thought I protected myself as I was supposed to, but it didn't work out for me. We're involved in a very serious thing in building Am Yisrael. Yaakov knows the stakes here. This is not a small marriage. This is a marriage that's going to build the future of Israel. Le'ah knows the stakes. And of course, God is right there making sure that this works the right way. So the reason why Yaakov has a tempered attitude is because in his mind he says, Borei Olam is up to something over here. If this happened to me, and I was able to get tricked so blatantly, this is part of the master plan, and therefore I can't overreact because maybe there's something good going to come out of this. You understand so far? Now watch. Now we go to our our keynote of the night. The Gemara Megillah on Daf Yud Gimal tells us a conversation that Yaakov Abinu had with Rahil Emenu on the day they met. Yaakov Abinu proposes. Rahil accepts the proposal. But she says we have a problem. Says that we're not engaged for, for two minutes already. We have a problem. What's the problem? She says, my father. So what's the problem with your father? She says, I know my father. He's going to pull a scheme, and he's probably...